Here it is. Again. One, two, three, four! I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. Debbie Harry! That's right. You sing with that rock group. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. We bring you an act who at first may shock you. The Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Let's go! Hey everybody, I'm Joseph. And I'm Rob. Welcome to the March 1980 Part 2 episode of Deep Dyes and Deep Cuts, the History of Punk, Post-Punk, and New Wave 1976 to 1986. As we mentioned earlier, a bit of a roller coaster. Um... <laughs> Our downward and, spiral continues. That's right. Our downward spiral <laughs> continues. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. I promise you, you guys. Yep. Okay, before we get into it, I do, I feel obligated to remind everybody that we are talking about music. Music is art, and there is nothing more subjective than art. This is an opinion show, but even so, we do try to be mindful not to get too opinionated because ultimately we are here to celebrate this extraordinary music that was created during a pretty unique period of time. Extraordinary. That's pushing it a little bit with with this <laughs> batch of music, but still it is it is worth the time to have a conversation about Absolutely. some kind of wild stuff. Before we jump back into it, uh, I just want to remind everybody that our 100th episode is coming up fast. Oh, yeah. We are hoping that some of our listeners help us determine the content for that. So we want to hear about the song, band, or album that you've discovered over the course of these last 90 plus episodes that is new to you that you ha you are the most excited about now what is your favorite discovery through the last several years with us you can send us an email in the show notes will be a link to a voice memo app where you can leave a 90 second uh, voice memo which we will um, almost certainly feature during the episode. So we are building the content. The deadline to to get your pick in is March 3rd. Hopefully you've been mulling it over in your brain, and now you can go ahead, send us an email, leave a voice memo, uh, and we thank you for your contribution. So Rob, we had our first mailbag episode a couple of episodes ago that was fun yeah. right yeah absolutely we haven't really gotten anything from listeners recently now that we're back up and running with regular episodes i'm sure that'll change if you want to communicate with us but are reluctant to because you're afraid that we're going to include it in a mailbag and you don't want it to be uh, just Clearly note it in the email, say not for on-air discussion, and we will absolutely respect that because uh, we love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's just right. a, a private conversation. Anything else you want to cover before we jump back into it? No, I think we just, boy, 
Here yeah, we go. We can't we can't put it <laughs> off any longer. <laughs> we shouldn't we shouldn't put it off any longer. <laughs> Let's move on to another Australian band. There's kind of a story behind this. So we're we are gonna talk about the Radiators debut album. This is a last minute edition. In fact, Rob, you didn't even know about this until eight o'clock last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the story behind that is that this band was recommended to us from somebody in Australia a while ago. I went to Spotify, I listened to a number of songs and felt like they were not quite a perfect fit. Everything that I heard sounded very, very pub rock. So I kind of like flagged them for a bonus episode on on pub rock uh, and left it at that. And then in a previous episode at the end, when we were listing the albums we cover in March, because we didn't list that one, we heard from that listener again going, hey, this album, hey, this album. And I was like, well, I've already checked them out. I don't feel like they're quite quite a good fit. But and, and this was actually my inspiration for that segment that we had where we talked about other albums released. Oh. And so I was I was going to put them in there. And then this is a new tradition that I'm just informing you of, Rob. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll try it a little bit and see, see how it works. Part one of each rundown episode, we will go out on a song from one of those additional albums that don't fall in the new wave punk category. So I was I was planning on doing that for The Radiators. So I went to, last night I went to pick the song, discovered that this album, their debut album called Feel the Heat was not on Spotify. So I went to YouTube, found it, started listening to it, went, son of a bitch, this is a new wave album. <laughs> so this is very different than apparently their later stuff. Typically in a situation like that, because it was so last minute, I wouldn't have included it. I probably would have stuck it at the end of the season as in a catch-up episode or something. But this episode, this playlist is so in so desperate need of like some more fun new wave stuff that I, I thought, Oh, we have to include this. So that's the story behind this. We probably won't cover follow up albums by the radiators, but this episode is in desperate need of some fun, bouncy, more new wave stuff. So we're sticking it in here. I don't think it's a great album, but it it it's light and fun. And so I did select a couple of songs to listen to that that felt like kind of the new waviest and the the uh, most buoyant ones. Mm -hmm. So let's kick it off with a song called summer holiday.
imagine you're in a desert and you're crawling along and you're you haven't had a drink for days and the heat is blazing down on you and suddenly there's a good cool <laughs> stiff breeze that yeah. goes through it's not a glass of water you're still in the desert but uh it is a much needed breath of fresh air um <laughs> and that's what uh this song and the next song are for this desert of relentless abrasive music that we're talking about from march true enough um, boy these are some rough sands so, <laughs> yeah yeah so, appropriately enough called summer holiday so this this album is a summer holiday from the rest of the fair yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is uh it it you're right about it being a totally it's totally a new wave new wave mm -hmm. album um and this mm -hmm. song is so upbeat compared to to everything else we've been listening to you you got that right it's a it's a cool drink of water from the radiators. <laughs> it's it's good. Yeah, it's fun. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's keep the vibe going with my second pick off of this album. This was actually um, their first hit in Australia. I, I don't think they ever really saw much success out of Australia, but um, this is, I believe, it was their first single that was released before this album came out called. Um, but included on this album called Coming Home. Unlock the door and light the fire. My head is filled with sweet desire. Slip into something comfortable. Now you don't have to fly so low. Don't have to eat or sleep alone. I'm making my way home to you. Don't worry, it's all right. I'll be coming home to see you tonight Don't worry, it's okay I'll be coming home to see you tonight Just telephone ahead to sight This boy of yours is I okay No need for tears, I'm on my way This band is still together and as far as I can tell they have they have been together the whole time. Wow. So they, they have gone nonstop since their formation in the late seventies. So that is, that's pretty, pretty admirable. Yeah. I don't think that they've released a studio, a new studio album, um, for decades, but they're still together and still going strong. That's pretty cool. They opened for the police during the, the police's Australian leg um, of their 1980 tour. So that is another little claim claim to fame for the Radiators. I find this whole album, one of the, because I scanned through the album a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't get to listen to the whole album, but I, I've heard a bit of all the songs. And every song is different the songs don't blend together like most of the songs from mm. the other albums we've been covering. You know, it's, there's like, it, you know, you listen to one song and you're in a certain mindset and a certain vibe happening and then it changes and it, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's another interesting song. It's just interesting in a different way. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, I'm going to have to give feel the heat by the radiators a little more, 
a little more attention later on. I think moving forward, we'll, we'll kind of take it album by album for them uh-huh. because I think it's, at some point they they just start sounding straight ahead pub rock, which I just don't think that we are going to have the bandwidth, especially in you know upcoming years. So, for instance, this season, 1980, we currently have slotted um, 191 albums to cover. And okay. it's just going to get worse and worse each each season. So we are going to have to get more and more selective. I'm glad that um, that we have included this album. I wish that, you know, I, I, I had originally scheduled it so so we could have done more work um preparing to to discuss this album but um it it does feel it does feel a little slight to me uh but but it's fun yeah so that is the radiators debut album called feel the heat not going to be in consideration for my top 10 nor mine, but as I as I mentioned earlier, I think I am going to go back and kind of give this album a little more attention and get another, you know, get another listen through so that I could really get a feel for what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you know, thanks to whoever it was that suggested it because uh, it really is that that oasis <laughs> in the <laughs> desert. So <laughs> thanks again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's move on to more desert. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is actually one of the low points um on this list for me which is the second album by Stiff Little Fingers called Nobody's Heroes. I was talking earlier about how the first wave of punk is is March is kind of a, a last nail in the coffin for for that and this just proves my point um this album feels very stale to me i really do not care for it at all and i'm beginning to think that stiff little fingers is is kind of not for me we can have a discussion about that let's Start off with my pick from this album, a song called Tin Soldiers. was my pick I, I i think it's an okay song but it feels like a song that the jam might have done like two albums back and better and that is that that's kind of a reoccurring theme throughout this album where it all sounds like an echo of an echo of a of a 
better song from a better band. Uh, they did have a moderate hit in um, England off of this album with a song called At the Edge. I am not there really on on any level. I mean, I am, I appreciate their, just like the first album, I appreciate their earnestness. Mm-hmm. They are a very, very earnest band, and that is admirable. They've, they've got a lot, uh, they're tackling a lot of, important issues but nothing compelling here for me i was gonna say that the way i feel about it 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 feels like they've got something to say and they've got um kind of an end you know an end goal to to what they're trying to put out but they're just not getting it across right they it's almost like they don't know exactly how to execute the plan you know um i kind of felt like the they wanted to say something, but they, the songs kind of rang a little hollow to me. Um, and I, I don't know other than that, how to explain it. It's, Mm. it sounds like they want to be a great punk band. Um, they feel more like a pub rock band, uh, to me when you mentioned, or, you know, for the last one, pub rock, it's, it's that kind of sound, but yeah, not a, not a, not a huge fan. It's too straightforward and earnest for me. Those are admirable qualities, but, Every admirable quality can be too much, and uh, I think that's my take on this album. They do a cover of uh, "Doesn't Make It All Right" by the Specials, which is really ill-advised. <laughs> it is painful to listen to. Oh no! Yeah, right. <laughs> but the the flip side is I and I. I think my favorite song off of this album is not a song we're going to listen to tonight because it does it is totally an anomaly, which is a song called Bloody Dub, which is just a dub song without any vocals. And I actually enjoyed it the most. <laughs> well, that's probably why. <laughs> no vocals. They do a pretty good job at doing it, but it is it is also equally... Besides my enjoyment of the song, it's equally a reflection of how the rest of the album is not resonating with me. Uh-huh. Do you have uh-huh. more love for this album than I do? Or I wouldn't say that. I mean, I felt like they were trying to put it out there, and it just they just weren't doing what it was they set out to do. It just could it you know just doesn't hit the mark. Even the song that I picked. Uh, in fact, I almost didn't pick a song for this for this album because I was like, "Really? Uh, do I have <laughs> do I have to do this?" But it it to me it kind of felt like uh, you know the same stuff. I'm like you. My favorite song on the album was you know a song with no lyrics. Um, but at any rate, I picked a song called "Wait and See." going to sound familiar but uh wait and see sounds like a song that might have appeared 
on a Clash album two albums back done much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So so that that's where I am with it, with this album. Yeah. You and me both, my friend. <laughs> Any last thoughts on this? I mean, it's not going to make my top 10. Yeah. So that is Stiff Little Fingers' second album called Nobody's Heroes. Before we move on to the next album, I just want to note that all of the albums up until now through the Stiff Little Fingers were released in March of 1980. The next four albums were released in 1980. We don't know what month, uh, so but we had several uh, open slots, so we're sticking them in here. Let's move on. Okay, well... Next, we're going to listen to what four out of five doctors have to say. I want to know what four out of five doctors have to say about stiff little fingers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's what's the remedy for that? I don't know, but well, uh, take your vitamins. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. How do you get stiff little fingers? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <Let's> yeah. <laughs> so four out of five doctors came around in 1979 and. And they consisted of Cal Everett, Jess Severson, um, George Pitaway, and Tom Bellew. And the band put out their debut album in March of 1980, of course. They only had two albums uh, during their career, and they broke up in 1984. Um, now, Four Out of Five Doctors is the eponym eponymously titled album in question here that we're talking about. It's probably a really good album. There's certainly um, a lot of fans out there. Okay, I came across a lot of people just loving this album. Mm. Um, and after I listened to this album, I decided that it was... I decided very quickly that I am not one of those fans. <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah. I've seen the band called Power Pop, and I think mm -hmm. that's where it is for mm -hmm. me. Not a yeah. fan of Power Pop. Um, yeah, yeah. In doing Music World Radio and DJing for Music World Radio, I played Power Pop on my show. Uh, people requested it. I certainly have friends that are in Power Pop bands, uh, and they would call themselves Power Pop. But it's not my—it's just not my thing. Yeah, it, it to me that's just what it felt like. And more, and again, more of the same thing every single song. Um, we have a discussion to be had about that, but let's put a thumbtack in that um, yeah. now. I know. Yeah. There's one song on this that that you love, yeah, and yeah. I saw it coming <laughs> ten miles away. So okay. let's let's talk about the song that you love off of this album. Okay. Well, I so I picked Danger Man, and of course you did. <laughs> I'm curious. So I am really curious as and I I as soon as I heard it, I'm like, well, duh, this is an obvious Rob choice. Um, <laughs> But I want to hear what you have to say about me picking this song. I'm, I'm very curious. Let's listen to it first. Sure. I got a dagger in my I'm Buddha to all of Had a little girl, now she's dead. We slept with a gun in my bed. Danger man in a foreign land for the CIA to see. He left a trail of blood from the Tennessee one to the shores of Tennessee. 
things when it comes to thematic songs. Okay. Any songs about monsters, vampires, <laughs> werewolves, any of that stuff, you, Murderers, you cannot yeah. pass up a song yeah. about a werewolf or a vampire. Apparently, you can't pass up a song about secret agents <laughs> either. God, you're so true. You're so right about that. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what, about three days ago, um, when we created this playlist, every time I got to this song, I had to skip past it because I am done with secret agent songs. There are we as we go along, I'm beginning to identify these these new wave tropes, these cliches. Uh-huh. You know, I'm I'm creating a list of them. So I'm done with punk bands doing um, covers of the Batman theme. Oh, yeah. Not a big fan of the quote-unquote Chinaman lick. The da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. New wave bands seem to have this. And, man, we are not done with the the secret agent song from new wave bands. We, we are going to hear this for years and years to come. Ooh. And it, and they just, they can't resist putting in the, the riffs from old TV shows and yeah. movies and stuff. And I found that I have reached my limit. <laughs> I, I'm done with it. I not too long ago we we heard um, a Blondie song um, that is v- very much like this, and and there, there's just a whole bunch of them. There, there and is. Yeah. I'm. I've I've had my fill. Thank you very okay. much. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and sheepishly admit that I think you're right. <laughs> so I was a big fan of the Johnny Rivers tune. Secret Agent Man, right? We yeah. Know, we know the song. Yeah. And it's been also been covered a bunch of times. We we featured a Devo, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been covered also included, including uh, by Bruce Willis, um, who did a rendition of it on his album, The Return of Bruno. Um, and Happy to say I've never heard it. That, you know, it's, well, I, I mean... This is coming from me, so take it with a grain of salt, but it's pretty awesome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But that's funny. I never thought about, you're right, I can't pass up a song uh, about secret agents. Well, to me, this song stood out more than all the others, and that Mm -hmm. really is the reason why I chose it. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, anyway, thank you for for giving me that that insight. (laughs) Well, I... I agree with you that this is not I I don't think that this is uh, a particularly good album but I disagree with you that it's just more of the same. I think that part of the problem is that they are stylistically all over the place uh, and okay. they don't seem to have their their own vision or their own flavor. I it's see, just yeah. them stealing from 
other songs and other bands. So maybe that's maybe that's it. They don't really have a direction. They're just aimless. It feels to me, and this is a little bit harsh, and once again, this is my own very subjective opinion, but yeah. it feels to me like they are looking around and going, hey, what are real bands doing? Ooh, let's try that, and yeah. let's try this. And so it's just a bunch of musical cliches pinched from other places. Power Pop is right, and we are talking about this album, and it's entirely my fault. I put the, them on the list uh, years ago when I was first compiling this list. Um, if it had been suggested to me six months ago, I would have rejected it because my the standards are much tighter now than back before we even started. But <laughs> it's here, and it, I, I mean, it's kind of a fun album. Mm -hmm. They don't take anything too seriously. It's pretty light and bouncy. There are some, some new wave moments, but here are a list of bands that I feel like I hear more of in this album than I do anything new wave. Loverboy, Journey, Joe Jackson, um, Alan Parsons Project, ELO. They're kind of all over the place. Yeah. They have a lot of fun for a lot of the songs. There are They're doing it 90% right, but then there's always just this little cheesy thing that pops up that, <laughs> that makes me that kind of distances me from the song and, and pulls me out of it. Uh, and the song that I picked is a perfect example of that because it has got a really cool little riff going on and I'm kind of with the song until it gets to the chorus and then they throw in some elements that are very cheeseball, um, very dated and kind of pull me out of it. Uh, so let's go ahead and listen to that song. It is a song called, And I Want Her. For the most part, I think that the musicianship of the band is pretty good. I mean, they, uh -huh. they, they make some questionable and very dated choices as far as the arrangements go, but the execution is, they, is very successful at what they're trying to do. I think that um, this is a reoccurring theme for this episode, but I think the, the sort of the weakest link is the vocalist who, um, you know, just like me and most of the other people in the world is just kind of uh, sounds like a regular person who is trying to be a pop star. He's very earnest. He's giving it his, his best shot. But 
I will have to agree with you that both you and I are not very good judges of power pop. So we, oh, and I want to say there, we will definitely do a bonus episode on power pop and maybe relatively soon if things all fall into place, we will have an excellent guide who has a true love for power pop and you know, maybe once we get a good schooling on Power Pop, we can come back and and revisit this album. We we might have a a completely different take on it. We'll see. Yep. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So that was four out of five doctors' uh, eponymously titled album. Four out of five doctors. It was, of course, their debut. And uh, um, not not even a consideration. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the episode that we do on Power Pop because I want to know what it is I'm supposed to be missing. You know, like, what is it that that is not mm. connecting for me? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to a band that is decidedly not Power Pop. That is the Mekons with their second release called, big breath here, the Mekons, a.k.a. Devil's Rat and Piggies, a special message from Godzilla. An obvious title. An obvious title, of course. I was going to say my reaction to that title is whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So... This is an English band. Uh, we, um, I think it was two seasons ago, or maybe it was last season. I think it was last season. We, Could be. yeah, we we talked about their debut album. I don't love this album, but I I like it. Um, I I think it's a an improvement over over their first album. Um, they're doing some cool interesting little things here mm-hmm. i think yeah so let's let's listen to my song first and then and then we can we can hear your your take on this album okay let's start off with a song called business Find your This album surprised me. It feels a little looser, a little bit more playful, not quite as regimented as Mm -hmm. their first album. And it's got a a loose kind of off-the-cuff energy that I kind of connect with. Um, I I don't think it's spectacular songwriting, but I liked it. Mm hmm yeah, you know, I kind of, I kind of felt the same way. Um, it, it, 
but li- listening to it, there's, there's, I, I, I think loose is, is the proper phrase, right? Where they, it, it feels like they're trying a bunch of different things and, uh-huh. and the songs definitely sound, it's not like this is the same song over and over again. Uh, they're yeah. definitely doing something different with each tune. Um, but there's a, there's a sound that's running through them that I'm like, who is this? It, it reminds me of somebody and I cannot for the life of me place it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of there with you. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure, like, even with the song that we just heard, I'm thinking, is that Rush? Is it, I don't know who it is, but there's. It's not Rush. <laughs> it's not Rush. No, but I do feel it through the whole album that, that there's some, there's a, a, a flavor of another band that I know much better than the Mekons uh, running through the whole thing. So it's, it's curious. I also enjoyed this album. It might actually be my favorite album uh, in the batch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe the radiators, I don't know, but, but this one, I, I kind of, I dug it. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that energy that you mentioned, that kind of playfulness is, is, is why, you know, mm-hmm. it, doesn't feel it doesn't feel like like the power pop album that we heard which to me felt kind of ingenuous or or not sincere it just felt kind of kind of there this actually feels like they put emotion into it and put you know they put themselves into it so i really i liked it quite a bit and uh and and really actually enjoyed the song that you just that you just played. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember enjoying it as much the first time I heard it. Yeah, they they just they feel like they've relaxed a little bit and mm-hmm. are allow allow themselves to to you know have a goof here and there. It feels a little bit more fanciful um, and draws me in. Uh, I I f- I found their last album. Um, pretty good, but a little standoffish. Where this this is this is a uh, not, not funkier like there's funk, but funkier like it's just kind of a little more ragtag and funky uh, in in a yeah. good way. More you odd. know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The song I picked, I kind of wonder if also, you know, as soon as I chose it, I thought, well, this is probably the obvious Rob choice. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had four songs singled out as high points for me, and, and one of them was the song that I was happy to see was the song that you picked. Yeah. Well, I, I had a couple as well, and, and I think on top of my list was Chopper Squad.
this album appeals to me in the same way that the MX-80 sound album does is just there's some cool little stories in here. I, uh-huh. I like I like the lyrics. I like the storytelling part of it, both in the, the lyrics, but also um, I think a lot of the music kind of reinforces the uh, the spirit of the story being told. It's not an ambitious or a particularly aggressive album. It feels a little laid back, which is good, which is good. It is happy to just kind of meander and do its own thing. Uh, it's not trying to impress you. There, there. It's. It feels like they're just kind of following their fancy in subtle little yeah. laid back ways, which yeah. which has a nice energy to it. This has scruffy low-key appeal to me i i did enjoy it i like the um the way you put it this uh kind of non-assuming um non-assuming that that is that is exactly the term that i was uh searching for and failing thank you I think you got it across because that's exactly yeah. how I felt, and I agree with you. Certainly not going to be a contender on my list, but I mm-hmm. will probably give it some more listen. Well, fortunately for the Mekons, um, in March, the bar is set so low um, <laughs> that this is this album really is is kind of one of the high points of, yeah. of this batch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we can move on to our next album. Oh, boy. Oh, this is a weird one. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't tell you how awkward I feel right now. Um, <laughs> so uh, one of my favorite bands ever, and I'm talking about music across the board. This is one of my favorite bands ever. The band Berlin uh, with their album, their first album, Information. Now, Berlin was formed in 1978 in Los Angeles. And, of course, they became huge in the 80s because they had some great hits, but also they had... Some awful hits. They had some awful hits. <laughs> but also they had they had a song on one of the biggest movies at the time, and that was in 1980... Oh, I want to say 86. Top Gun had a soundtrack that was just filled with killer tunes. And Berlin's song, Take My Breath Away, was on that. My favorite version of the band has Terry Nunn as the lead vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their debut album has uh, somebody named Virginia Macalino as vocalist. Uh, apparently, Terry Nunn was the lead vocalist. And she even recorded a single, the, the single uh, A Matter of Time, However, she decided she wanted to be an actor instead, so she left, and they brought in Macalino to to do the album, to do the vocals. Uh, Nunn, of course, returned afterwards uh, to sign on for Pleasure Victim, their second album, and um, thank goodness, because <laughs> I'm not a fan of this album at all. And, and it, this is the awkward point where I, one of my favorite bands and I love it so much. I love the band so much. Their first album turned me off big time. I don't know exactly what it is. It's, I guess, dare I say it, every song seems like it's more of the same thing. Virginia Macalino doesn't, it's not that her vocals are bad. It's not, I don't know. 
I, I can also say that I, I do believe that by the time Terry Nunn showed up for the second album, it there was a different lineup. I mean, there some of the same people were still there, but the writing was different. Some of the songs on this first album were in part written by the vocalist before Terry Nunn, who wasn't even there to record the album. So I don't know. For me, the high point of this album was the song that I chose, which is Talk Talk Video. Hey there, what do you know? I said that I wasn't a big fan of this album. Um, there were certainly parts that I liked better better than others. Talk Talk Video was was one of that. Um, I think that the pacing and the energy of this album is is good, but I keep going back to to Terry Nunn being the appeal for me as far as Berlin is concerned. Um, I feel like. Again, most of these songs are kind of the same old thing over and over again. And if you've heard one song on this album, you've kind of heard them all. Um, but at any rate, tell me, Joseph, what are your thoughts? This album is kind of growing on me a little. So I, I think I like it more than you do. Yes. <laughs> I think I can feel, fill in a couple of gaps about the, the history behind this album. Terry Nunn, I think, was the third vocalist for um berlin terry hmm. nunn um as you know a uh, very attractive charismatic person mm -hmm. and berlin was getting some attention from record labels uh and then as you mentioned terry nunn decided it was time for her to move on and so she went went in um to acting yeah and then this new vocalist came on. It was, you're right, very, I mean, just a, a very awkward situation because they, she was, she was actually singing a number of songs that were written by the singer like two singers ago. So none of the labels wanted Berlin without Terry Nunn. So they they released this album on an indie label. Didn't do much. So one of the founding members of Berlin, and it sounds like sort of the, the mastermind and the driving force um, behind Berlin from the beginning and kind of all the way through, is named John Crawford. He was yeah. one of the primary songwriters. And so... After this album flopped, he kind of moved on and started another band. It was really focusing on that. But then he got it in his head that 
it might be fun to just do a one-off. So he convinced Terry Nunn to come back into the studio and they recorded two songs and they released it um, as a single. And it was just just kind of a, a lark for them. Well, those two songs were Metro, I think one of them was, yeah. but the other one was Sex, Ima, which really took off locally. Suddenly, the labels were interested again, and I guess Terry Nunn had a change of heart. I, d I don't know, maybe, maybe her, her acting career wasn't going ha ha how she envisioned it to so they they actually went and got a major label and then went on to become the berlin which is even their their next album pleasure victim much more poppy and commercially accessible than this album so so this album is it's a it's a good try <laughs> yeah I, I think there there are some cool ideas um, admirable approach. Nothing is quite gelling, but if they had st in this formation, if they had stayed together and they had continued in this direction, I think that they are maybe one or two albums away from possibly being able to create something great. The energy of it in a very, on a very abstract level kind of reminds me of the very earliest wall of voodoo where yeah. they're it's odd but you can see that they're heading in a direction that could really bear fruit right mm -hmm. so i would love to step into the universe where this formation of berlin continues on and evolves and creates a couple more albums because I think they're doing some really interesting stuff that isn't quite gelling. Yeah. Uh, not gelling is, is right. I, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of saw myself in a place where I'm like, okay, I could actually enjoy this album. Right. I, I can, I can like it. Uh, I mean, like I said, the, the vocalist is pretty competent. The, the songs are probably all right. The more I listened to it, the angrier I got. <laughs> and and I don't I don't know. It, it to me it just felt not like you said, not gelling. Like it mm. just wasn't coming together the way I wanted it to come together. Well, let's listen to my pick off this album and then we can continue this conversation. Yes. So the the song that there there are a number of songs that I I think are are worth listening to for sure that I, I enjoy fascination matter of time but I, I finally landed on um, City Lights A man walks in through the door Do you dare? Do you 
So I listen to a song like this, and I feel like, I mean, I hear potential there. I feel like, boy, you know, they just got their act together a little bit more and evolved a little bit. There there could be some really interesting, challenging, um, new wave pop in there um, yeah. along the vein of what, the wall of voodoo will be doing or you know even some of the mid 80s oingo boingo or something um that is that is a little bit more aggressive a little bit more challenging than what berlin will eventually end up doing uh-huh. yeah. um so yeah i i well, I definitely like this album a lot more than you do. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I don't love it. I don't think it's achieves what it's trying to do. But if I could wave my wand and hear the two follow-ups from from this rendition of the band, I would in a second. I, yeah, I, that's a very good point. Yeah. Very good point. And I, I think you're right. And I, I will again reiterate that maybe there, there is a lot of potential here. Um, even in the song I picked, I chose it because I thought this is, it's a, it's a standout tune. And I think, again, I, I think that this is a song that is supposed to be, I think this song was supposed to be something, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it just never got there. So there is a lot of potential through the whole album. And I'm, I'm with you. If, if we could listen to a couple more albums by this band, I'd like to see where they would go. Um, as it turns out, we get to listen to Pleasure Victim after this one. So th- that's not a, not a bad thing either. No. <laughs> We are. I, I am not a huge fan of Berlin, but I think both of us are big fans of Pleasure Victim. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was Berlin's first album, Information. Um, not going to be on my list, of course. Um, but, you know, maybe in an alternate reality. <laughs> <laughs> John Cooper Clark. This is his album, Snap, Crackle, and Bop. Of course, Snap, Crackle, and Bop is John Cooper Clark's fourth album. Uh, it was pre- produced by Martin Hannett. And we've heard about Hannett before. He, he produced Joy Division, The Derudy Column, Magazine, Happy Mondays, and uh, OMD, right? Um, the backing band for this album is The Invisible Girls, which we've also talked about a little bit on this podcast, they were actually formed specifically for the purpose of backing John Cooper Clark. Now I believe that they went on and did other stuff. Um, but this is why they even existed. So they, they are, uh, I guess people included in this, um, were Paul Burgess, Martin Hannett, um, Steve, Steve Hopkins or Stu Hopkins. Uh, also, I think uh, Pete Shelley had something to do with uh, contributing to and and uh, Bill Nelson as well. Mm, now this really, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my boy Bill. That's I love right. me some Bill. I know it. Um, <laughs> so 
The album, of course, uh, of course, the album hit number 39 on NME's 1980 album of albums of the year, which, uh, great. Um, I think that, uh, John Cooper Clark is a very interesting figure to have in the pop and punk, uh, excuse me, punk and new wave scene, um, because he's, he's a poet. Um, and I, it, it brings a question to mind at what point is his work considered a song? I mean, obviously these are songs he gets kind of sing songy in some of these tunes, you know, in some of these, these poems that he, he has with, with a band backing him. Um, and then, and another question, are songs poetry with music? Is that what they are? So is every song considered a poem? Is, uh, every poem a song if you put it to music? I don't know. It's, it's gotten me asking these questions and thinking about, you know, what is poetry and what I consider poetry and, and me, I'm a big fan of poetry. Uh, I tend to, I tend to think that many songs that we listen to even tonight are, are, you know, poems put to music, but is that the case with everything? And, and again, at what point does John Cooper Clark become a singer and not, and not a poet? Um, at any rate, God, I hope you're not expecting me to answer any of those I, questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, I don't think there really is an answer to them, to be honest. I know a lot of, uh, I know a lot of musicians and a lot of singers and I know a lot of poets and, uh, yeah, I don't think any of them can even answer it. So at any rate, this is probably John Cooper Clark's I think this is probably the best of his albums so far. Like out of the four albums that he's done, this is probably the the big one. This is, I think, where he he kind of shines the most. This is his most successful and his most revered album. Is For sure, it, is, yeah. Is that sure. true? It is true. It is true. And and I think it's honestly, I think it's because not just his poetry, but again because of the the band that's playing, you know, that's backing him. Um, they work well together. They're, they're a great, they're a great partnership there. So, um, I picked a song that, that I, I really ended up liking also. The funny thing is, let me say this. I tried to pick a song for this album that I thought, oh, this is the one that's obviously not the Rob song. Um, but as it turns out, it's probably obviously the Rob song. <laughs> so, but I picked Limbo, Baby Limbo. Their lives are a mystery. They make it their career. In the single files of history, fall and disappear. Swearing they'll get even with all those other creeps. Philistines and heathens, they violently sleep. Or steal from cigarette machines Just for the change To get back to where they've been A doorway in the rain Back in the confession box Back in the slums Desire burns like chicken pox Underneath the thumb a refugee from purgatory in a purple robe of scum At the Holy Ghost Observatory Where 
wears a crown of thorns Turns out she's a gringo A hard circumstance Limbo, baby, limbo They want to see you dance This is his fourth album. Have, have we discussed his previous three albums? I remember two, but I can't I remember the third one. Honestly, I don't know if we covered all three of them or not. Um, well, well, we definitely covered his first one, which was sort of yes. the, the bootleggy, yeah, yeah. really awful sounding, <laughs> oh, like yeah. technically poorly recorded bootleg type, song, type I, album. I remember it fondly. <laughs> um, and we we discussed the album that was pretty much all just spoken word stuff with one right song song that that had music to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was "Disguise in Love." Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And so. Walking back to happiness. Did did we discuss that one? Ooh. I don't know offhand. Um, <clears throat> maybe we didn't because it was a live album. Mm. Um, no, no, I, I I think we skipped that one because it was just live versions of previous songs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Could be. All right. So so this is the third of his albums that we we have examined. And I'll tell you, I have been, I've been reserving my judgment on him because I feel like, I felt like we hadn't quite gotten to the meat of, of who he is, right? Because Uh the first album, just audio wise was, was so poor that I couldn't hear what, what the hell he was saying. Yeah, and then rough, the, yeah. the other album, there was hardly any music, so it was just stand-up poetry. And I kept saying, okay, well, let's snap, crackle, and bop. That's the album where things really fall into place. And so this stuff isn't clicking with me, but probably I haven't gotten to the good stuff. I've gotten to this album. I like this album, but I... I don't think that John Cooper Clark is for me. We have discussed several albums tonight where I have uh, really connected with the storytelling, which I think is much more successful than the storytelling, any of the storytelling that John Cooper Clark does on here. So, so if this album isn't really connecting with me, I don't, I don't think that John Cooper Clark is my guy. I I mean, he is a poet. He he is about the words. And I am hard-pressed to think of a moment listening to what he's saying that has sparked my imagination. So So this is not a judgment on him. It's just... Because obviously he has tons of fans, but his his magic is not working on me. So there are songs off of this album that I like and songs that I don't care for. And the determining factor 
is not his lyrics, but the music. So this has some fantastic music. And yeah. now that I know that Bill Nelson contributed to, to that, I, I understand why I'm resonating with a lot of this music. I mean, Pete Shelley, just, you know, really, really good musicians on this album and I love that part of it. The songs that I like, it's because of the music. I, I'm not put off by John Cooper Clark's lyrics. Mm -hmm. They just don't resonate with me. I, I, I don't think he's particularly clever. I don't think he is a compelling storyteller. I feel like sometimes he's saying things just for the rhyme. Uh-huh. He's not for me. I, you know, I've never got a little buzz from anything that he said, like I get from the first psychedelic furs album, right? Yeah, there gotcha. are, yeah. there are a number of turns of phrase that Richard Butler does that I, I get, you know, I go, Ooh, Ooh, let's go there. <laughs> let's, let's go into this weird little place yeah. where John Cooper Clark just kind of sounds like he's rambling to me. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah it well and i think it's i think uh as a poet i think that's his style of poetry yeah yeah, you know? yeah de definitely um and a lot of people love that yeah yeah i certainly and en i enjoy it as as poetry goes and i find it fun i don't necessarily find it deep you know <laughs> mm -hmm. but i find it i find it fun the motivation for picking the song that you picked was it primarily because of the words or was yeah. it because of no, okay it, mm -hmm. it was it was that and mm -hmm. i mean he even in that in this particular piece he even gets a little sing songy and mm -hmm. and it's you could tell that he is sliding into the music you know it's not just music with poetry because mm -hmm. I used to I used to do a thing on my MWR show where I would mash up mm -hmm. poetry and and songs, um, and and this is not that. This is yes, yeah. I agree. The, yeah, so this is him literally singing along with the music playing. So well, let's not get carried away. Or, He's okay. not much of a singer, but not but singing, he is right. he 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 is very clearly making his choices of delivery and the words that he uses yeah. in consideration yeah. of what the music is doing. I right. totally agree with that. And he is, he is thinking like a rock performer and a songwriter um, where it doesn't, I, I agree with you. It doesn't feel like, the relationship between the music and the words are an afterthought. Right. Right. So, right. so I'm totally there with you. Um, for me personally, I don't find anything evocative um, from his lyrics. And I think that his bag of tricks, both lyrically and musically is very, very limited it's very small. Mm -hmm. um, so, but this is hands down of the the three albums that we've examined. This is by far my favorite of his albums. I think he's got 
He, he was very, very smart to use the man that he's got. When I listen to this album, I can just focus on the music, uh, which is excellent. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I've, I've got. I mean, okay. I, I did pick a song, which I quite enjoy, and the music is excellent. Um, it is a song called Belladonna. No falling chimes, no call to arms, no siren whines, false alarms down the telephone lines at the side of the farms. I am a fan of John Cooper Clark. Mm-hmm. And um, again, like you, this is my favorite of his. Wait. Yeah, this is my favorite of his albums. And uh, and although we see kind of different, you know, see things differently as far as uh, John Cooper Clark and his and his style, uh, I think we probably can both say that John Cooper Clark's Snap, Crackle, Bop is not going to make our top 10 list at yeah. the end of the year. Well, um, I, one, one last thing about, yeah. about John Cooper Clark, just in general, is uh, he is a magnetic person. Yeah. So um, I became, first became aware of him because he was included on Erg, A Music War. And I think that I would much more enjoy being in an audience and seeing him perform than listening oh. to an album. Um, yeah, that would he's, be he's just this great, glorious, awkward, gangly, like <laughs> punk freakoid, um, which is, he's just, he's, he's kind of magnetic and entertaining. And, um, I attribute a lot those qualities to a lot of his, his appeal um, and and his his success. So I want to I want to appreciate that part of him. I mean, he is he's a singular looking acting guy, um, very very entertaining. Um, but that's you know that's on a completely different level than sitting down and listening to this album. Okay. Well, once again, John Cooper Clark's fourth album, snap, crackle, bop. And yeah, I think that kind of, kind of wraps it, huh? Yeah, that is, that brings things to an end. So Rob, can you just, remind us of all of the albums that we have 
discussed over these last two episodes? Kidding me? I'd love to. Uh, we went over the cramps, songs the Lord taught us, slaughter and the dogs, bite back, sports album suddenly, MX eighty sounds out of the tunnel, the Cockney rejects with greatest hits volume one, their first album, um, <laughs> pop groups. For how much longer do we tolerate mass murder? The Radiators album, Feel the Heat. Stiff Little Fingers album, Nobody's Heroes. Four out of five doctors, eponymously titled album. Of course, four out of five doctors. The Mekons with the Mekons, a.k.a. Devils, Rats, and Piggies, a special message from Godzilla. Berlin's debut album, Information, and John Cooper Clark's fourth album, Snap, Crackle, and Bop. Rob, what is your best of show for March 1980? Yeah, well, I keep bouncing around with it, but I'm going to say... I'm going to say I have to... I have to say it's probably the radiators. Huh. Uh, feel the heat. Great. Yeah. Last last minute edition coming in. Yeah. yeah. Dark I horse. Think that's it. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Well, for me it's it's got to be the cramps. Um, you know, w- probably wouldn't m- be my pick for any other month, but um I I it's an uneven album. It is not one that I tend to sit down to and listen to all the way through in one sitting, but uh, I I have some an absolute love for for a lot of songs off of this album. I I do really there are things I really like about the MX eighty sound, mm-hmm. um, and uh, um the 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 Mekons album as well there there's something yeah. very intriguing about that but i i got to go with the cramps great yeah for for me the radiators and the mekons were were kind of neck and neck but but i i am very intrigued by the radiators and mm. uh i'm definitely going to like i said i'm definitely going to go back and and you know expose myself to that album a little bit more get a feel for it so Mm-hmm. At any rate, it's been fun. Cool. Cool. So here's what's going on because we didn't start March until the second half of the month. That means that there is no deep dive for January which means the beginning of next month. We are jumping right into April, thank goodness. Um, April is a monster month. I think we've got 15 albums to cover, which is crazy. But um, some exciting stuff. I'm very, very relieved and excited to be moving on to April of 1980. This is where, where things start to really gain some momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Stick around after the fade. We will um, give you a list of the albums that we we will be covering for April of 1980. We've talked about a lot of music tonight, and regardless of what our personal taste may be, 
the very fact that we're discussing it 40-plus years later places its creators in the highest echelons of hardworking musicians. Their legacy and legitimacy are beyond reproach. Well, Rob, all good things must come to an end. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, y- y- you're right, but I will say, it, as always, Joseph, it was fun. It was fun going down this road with you. We are very excited about April. And to get everybody else excited about April, we are going to go out on a cut from one of the more obscure albums released in April of 1980. See if you can identify the band. Otherwise, I think we're all set. We will talk to you very, very soon. See ya. Some things in life I see Albums covered in next episode are Feelies with Crazy Rhythms, The Cure with 17 Seconds, the UK Subs album Brand New Age, The Passions with Michael and Miranda, Angelic Upstarts with We Gotta Get Out of This Place, Crocodiles with Tears, Chrome's Red Exposure, Monochrome Set Strange Boutique, Sham 69's The Game, Undertones with Hypnotized, Gruppo Sportivo with Copy Copy, Vic Goddard and Subway Sect with What's the Matter Boy, Bad Manners with Ska and B, New Music with From A to B, and X with their debut album Los Angeles.